this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as our leaders speak on what truth is and how we will be living it out this semester. I got a haircut for this. My wife is shouting because it was looking like I had flutters that I could just fly away eventually. So, huh. uh, Gavin, you go ahead and play that video while I'm talking. Uh, of course, yeah. Um, so, obviously, I am not Pastor Michael or Pastor Jahan uh, because they are in California meeting all the goats from Bethel. Um, they are, I think, they're done with the conference. They went to Randy Clark's School of Healing uh, this past week, and they have just been blowing up the staff group me, letting us know how incredible it is, everything that they've gleaned. Um, so it's really been uh, a cool time for them. And now they're making their way back to East Tennessee. They're going to take the long road uh, if, I mean... I guess it's already gonna be a long road from California to Tennessee. They're gonna take an even longer road from um, California back to Tennessee. They're gonna hit all the sites. Uh, when they were driving there, they were busting like 12 and 15 hour driving days, just trying to get to the conference in time. So now they're gonna, I think, do six, seven hours a day, see the sites, do all the stuff, but they'll be back next Sunday. Uh, and I know uh, I speak on behalf of them when uh, they say thank you for releasing them to go and do that to honor their two oldest kids who graduated high school to take them on a trip. Awesome. All right. So to follow suit with Miss J and Pastor Bill, I got some jokes for you. You ready? All right. The youth has already heard these. So humor me by uh, still laughing. I'm probably going to break this. Okay, but we'll see. It's all right. All right, so I've got some blonde jokes for you this morning. Now, before you get all sassy, they're men blonde jokes, okay? We're gonna flip the script. The Miller twins just kind of went like, wait, what? Okay, no, it's not about you. This is gonna be for uh, men. All right, so uh, a friend told a blonde man, hey, Christmas is on a Friday this year. And the man says, well, let's hope it's not the 13th. <laughs> Some of you are a little slow on the uptake. That, that'll hit around 2 p.m. A blonde, two blonde men find three grenades and they decide to take them to the police station. One man asks, what if one explodes, on, uh, what if one explodes before we get there? And the other says, we'll just lie and say we found two. <laughs> a blonde man is in the bathroom and his wife shouts, did you find the shampoo? And he responds, yes, but I don't know what to do. It's for dry hair and I already have my hair wet. Oh, this, this one's a classic. All right. A blonde man sees a letter on his doormat. On the envelope, it says, do not bend. He spends the next two hours trying to find a way to pick it up. <laughs> Thanks, Philip. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, I got three more. <laughs> Emily's loving this. A blonde man is shouting frantically on the phone with the doctor. My wife is pregnant with, and her contractions are only two minutes apart. The doctor asks, is this her first child? He says, no, this is her husband. <laughs> a blonde man is driving home, drunk as a skunk, and suddenly he has to swerve to miss a tree, and then another, 
and then another, and then another. And so a police officer pulls him over and uh, the man starts to explain to the cops like, hey, what, what's up with all the trees in the, in the road? He goes, sir, that's your air freshener on your windshield mirror. <laughs> oh, and this one's a classic. This one's a, this one, you, yeah, this is great. Um, a blonde man's dog goes missing and he's frantic. I love that all these blonde men are frantic. Um, I don't know, it must be something in the coloring. Uh, his wife says, why don't you put an ad in the paper? He does, but two weeks later, the dog is still missing. And the wife asks him, what'd you put in the paper? And he says, here boy, here boy. <laughs> oh, that was good, that was good. I had another one, but Chloe told me not to share it. Okay, all right, see me after, we'll, we'll get a good laugh. All right, so we are in the third week of Vision Month. First, we covered love God, then we went to love people, and today is live truth. So let's start off with something like this. Let's do two truths and a lie. All right, so I'll do mine personally and then we'll kind of take a straw poll and see what you guys think. All right, so basically I'm gonna say three things. Two of them are true, one of them is a lie. Let's see what you can figure out, okay? First, I had heart surgery when I was a baby. There's one. Two, I was on my middle school's improv team or three, I was a ball boy for an NBA team. Okay, so who thinks the lie is I had a heart surgery when I was a baby? Okay, no one. Okay. Who thinks the lie is I was on my school's improv team in middle school? Okay. Who thinks the lie is I was a, a ball boy for an NBA team? It's the Memphis Grizzlies. It was 2006 and it was the best year of my life. They were terrible that year, but it's all right. I, everyone was like this tall. Um, I did have heart surgery, so you guys all know that. It's great. Uh, and I was not on my school's improv team. I signed up for it, and then I went to like the first meeting, and everyone was like really weird. I was like, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> so I just kind of dipped out of there real quick and never went back. Another uh, story about my sixth grade year is I tried out for the basketball team and all you youths who like make fun of me because I'm not good now. I was pretty good back in the day. Uh, my shot wasn't good. Like it didn't look good, but it went in the basket. Uh, and so uh, I tried out for the school's basketball team and I was doing something. I don't, I don't know, we were like doing these runs or whatever and I tripped and I was like, oh no, no, this is terrible. And I remember like this eighth grader pointing to the, like the coach was like, it was him. And I was like, Okay, great, so I guess I didn't make it. Uh, come to find out, so I didn't even go look at like the callback sheet for like the next like uh, practice or not audition, not a, uh, what is it, tryouts. Um, but apparently I had made the second cut and just never went to the second one. So I could have been playing for the Memphis Grizzlies right now, but uh, I, I missed it in sixth grade. All right, uh, so, hey Nora. We're gonna talk about living truth today. And I'm not gonna be the only one that's talking today. We're gonna to hear from Miss Tiffany and Pastor Michaela as well. It's gonna be great. So I'm gonna blaze through this because I know we're running short on time. So buckle up, Buttercup, and we're just gonna send it. You ready? Yeah. Oh no, did you see that? All right, oh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I'm Paul. I'm the, my wife and I are the student pastors here. I, I'm just not some random dude. Uh, 
they got a pastor off of wish.com and this is what they got. <laughs> All right, so sometimes it can be difficult to differentiate truths from lies if you don't know the person all that well. So some of you raised your, I mean, no one raised your hand that you thought my heart surgery was a lie, uh, but some of you raised your hand that you thought, oh, the ball boys, that's a lie or whatever. My wife, who knows me probably better than any, not probably, who knows me better than anyone in this room, uh, she didn't have to have a second thought. It wasn't, oh, I know you had heart surgery. I know you or Bob over the Memphis Grizzlies. I didn't know you were on your improv team because that didn't happen. So she didn't have to question, oh, I wonder which one is it is. Like, which one's the lie? And so the closer we grow to the Father, the easier it is to differentiate between truths and lies in life. Okay, so you can't, this is foundational. Uh, you cannot separate the nature of truth, like truth in its essence, from the nature of God. The two are one and the same. You cannot separate truth from lies. You cannot separate truth from God, my Lord. <laughs> Off to a great start. We'll send it back to wish. <laughs> All right. Um, so everything God says is, is truth. Everything that God says is true. If he didn't say it, it's a lie. And I would even say this, even if it is a lie, this is where we're gonna get into like some muddy waters, but even if it is a lie right now, as soon as God speaks it, it shifts and becomes true. Um, so anything that comes out of his mouth is truth and you can take it to the bank. It's never, it's never going to tarnish. It's never going to fade. Okay. And there's no middle ground. There's no half truths. There's no, oh, well, this promise is kind of true. Like it's a hundred percent or 0%. There's no, there's no gray area. Um, and so right now you're probably, uh, well aware that there's this epidemic, not a pandemic, there's an epidemic going on of this thing called circumstantial or personal truths. You guys heard that? It's like, oh, this is my truth. Be quiet, Janet. You don't, you don't have a truth, okay? Um, so there, there's this whole epidemic going on around this circumstantial or personal truths. Um, and just for the sake of comparison, we'll use the word truth, okay? that's a very loose term to use for personal truth. And you'll see where we're going. So um, what used to be considered like personal opinion, like, oh, this is the way I think is now become like, well, this is my truth, you know? And what it does is it, 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 it makes the people who are saying this incorrectable, uncorrectable. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you're saying, no, this is my truth. And you're like, okay, I mean, you're saying that green is blue and you're, this is my, it's just wrong, but you're saying that this is infallible and I can't say anything against it. And so they set up these barriers that push out actual truth because they've partnered with this lie and just branded it as this is my truth. So there's not his truth. There's not her truth. There's not your truth. Did you know there's not even God's truth? Oh, some of you are like, what? Okay. There's not multiple truths. There's not, there, like God doesn't have a truth. God just is truth. It's like, it's like when we talk about the goodness of God, like God just doesn't do good things. God is good. So by definition, everything he does is good. You can't separate the goodness of God just like you can't separate the truth from God. The two are one and the same, okay? So God doesn't have a truth. It's just who he is. So, um, and and when, we, when we use the, the construct of your truth, her truth, my truth, whatever, but God's truth stands above all that, even that's incorrect. Even that's a lie because then it infers that there's a playing ground and that, oh, this just reigns above. And yes, he reigns above all, but his truth doesn't like reign above your truth. Your truth doesn't exist. There's just one truth. There's just one. It stands alone. 
It's not even, it's just truth, okay? So that's where we're gonna go. Um, so th this is kind of where I was camping out here. I've got three scriptures for you. And believe it or not, we're like halfway done. You ready? All right, cool. The wheels are turning. All right, so John 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Backwards, but he was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through him. And apart from him, not even one thing came into being that has come into being. In him was life and the light was the light of mankind and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not grasp it. Okay. This is the truth that we're holding on to. This is, this is the nature of God. The truth of God was in existence before creation was in existence. The truth of God existed when the waters didn't cover the sea, before there were birds in the sky, before there was even light, truth existed. God existed, okay? So in, in the normal day-to-day, and when life gets tough and when fit hits the shan, okay, you need something. I, yeah, some of you are just like, that's a little close. All right. <laughs> Never mind. In, in the whole spectrum of like, yeah, everything's just peachy. And then when everything is like, oh my Lord, what, what is happening? You need something that's stronger than your truth. Because when this happens, like, yeah, I mean, you can hang out here and be like, yeah, everything's just peachy. It's not, it's a lie. You're just living, it's like in the matrix. It's just not real, okay? But when everything is going wrong and your only firm foundation, your only grounding is your truth, that, that goes away pretty quick. You need something that's gonna outlast the test of time. And I would uh, offer to you maybe choosing something that has been around for, know, before time began might be a good one to grab onto. Um, maybe not one that you just came up in the last year. It's like, this is my truth now. Okay, good luck with that, okay? It's not gonna stand and it won't sustain you because there's one truth. There's only one truth and it stands alone. Come on, computer. All right, and so the truth of God is not circumstantial either. It doesn't rely on anything else to stand or uphold itself. Whether you come into agreement with it or not, the truth is gonna be there. Um, I remember talking to, I don't know who I was talking to, but they were, there was this truth about God that uh, they were kind of on the fence about. They were like, well, I don't know if I really believe in that or not. I was like, well, you can believe that the sun isn't gonna shine like all day long, but it's still there. <laughs> like you're just inside and you can't see it. Like, and so, you can not believe the truth that God is speaking, the truth that God is all day long. It doesn't negate the fact that it stands alone and it stands supreme. So the only question is, are you going to come into agreement with what has already been established in the kingdom, okay? And kind of putting off all the other junk that you're partnering with that's only leading to destruction because anything apart from the truth of God is a lie. I mean, like I was saying, there's no middle ground. There's no, well, this is kind of a half truth. A half truth is a lie, okay? So we'll, we'll get going anyways. And then uh, let's go to John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, I'll say that again. But when he, talking about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. 
for he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. So the Holy Spirit here is mentioned and called the spirit of truth, okay? And so when we're led by the spirit, we're led into truth. So that, that's such a, a branding for the people of God is when, when we are led by the spirit, it's going to inevitably and irrevocably lead us into truth because that's the very nature of the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. And it draws this firm line that, that the Holy Spirit guides us into truth because he only speaks what the father says. That's the reason he leads us into truth. And I'll, I'll, let me read that scripture again through that lens. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. So everything that God speaks is truth, okay? You see the foundation we're laying here? Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Lane. Uh I love what Bill Johnson says. Uh, he says, you can't afford to have any thought about you that God doesn't have about you. And if, it, and if it says that his thoughts about you outnumber the sand on the seashore, that's a lot of thoughts. And then when you come and you bring your own thoughts, your, these lies into your head about you, about your circumstances, it's taking up precious space where he's wanting to deposit truth into your heart, into your mind, but you've already filled the space with meaningless things, just lies. And so you can't afford to have a single thought about yourself that he doesn't have about you, okay? Um, John 14, six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the personification of truth. He put on flesh to show us what truth looks like when it walks on the planet. And so he didn't, I, I love the way that people say this, like Jesus came, uh, Jesus came to earth to die so that we don't have to. No, Jesus came to earth to die to show you how, okay? So every day we're to crucify the flesh. Every day we're to walk according to the spirit. So the, the person of Jesus shows us what one man fully surrendered to the person of God can accomplish. And so what's happening is he's being led by the spirit of truth into all truth and whatever he says is only because the father has spoken it to him. So it's this blueprint of how to live your life. And it's not this like self-help, yay, this is what I need to do to succeed. It's, it's not to get better. Like this is the only way to live is to be led by the spirit and to model what Jesus has done. So Jesus, the personification of truth, he's literally embodied truth is still bending his ear to the voice of God. I would dare say you still might need to do that, okay? Uh, we, we don't have it all figured out. Uh, no one has arrived. No one has, um, I mean, the phrase in, in the world would be like, oh, I'm enlightened. No, you're not. You're just on LSD. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, just, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing you can think of on your own that will lead you into truth. You can't do it. The only way you will learn, the only way you will live in truth is if the Father leads you, okay? And so this is what I love, is the, we are beckoned to the Father by the Holy Spirit. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. So Jesus made a way for us in truth to send the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit would 
bring us back to the Father who is the epitome of truth so that we could live inside truth. That's the only way you get truth. You catch all the roadmaps? Okay, it's happening. Okay. <laughs> so truth isn't something that God speaks or even walks in. It's just who he is. He's trustworthy and he's full of grace and truth. Revelation says that he's full of grace and truth. What I love about this, I heard this probably a decade ago, is that he's, I mean, you can't be full of two things, you know? Like if, if you have, if I have this and it's full of water, I can't put anything else. Like it can't be full of water and full of coffee simultaneously. But Jesus somehow is full of grace and he's full of truth. And so what I love about this is that the truth of Jesus, what he walks in, who he is, prunes us, it challenges us, and it instructs us, and the grace that he walks in empowers us to do it, okay? So everything that the Father has told you to do, asked you to do, laid a promise out for you to do, it's because you can do it by the grace he's given you. You can't do it on your own, no, but every promise that's in the kingdom is attainable through the person of Jesus, through the person of the Holy Spirit, okay? And he's given us all the ammunition to walk in the fullness of that, all of it. He's given us the spirit of truth for us to walk in truth. The spirit of truth is literally living in you, creating truth, creating this world for you to live in where you walk in truth. That's amazing, what in the world? So here's what we wanna do. We wanna partner with him to empower people to not only know and understand truth, right? Like you can say like, oh yeah, I know that's true. I understand that's true. We wanna empower people to live in it in their day-to-day, -day, from their waking up to their going to sleep, to where they are living inside the realm of truth. And that's just the nature of God, okay? So, uh, sweet. That was pretty quick, right? You like the shotgun blast? Let's hear from Miss Tiffany now, how we're gonna accomplish this. We won't send you back to wish, Paul. I think we'll keep you. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Tiffany. Ah, it's 1210, but it's fine. You love us. We're going to do this thing. Ready? So, like he said, we've talked about what is truth and how we want to come alongside and show and direct and give opportunity to walk out truth, right? So, in John 8:32, the very familiar scripture. Um, in the NASB, it says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In the Passion Translation, it's for if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. The word truth right there is actually reality. The reality that when truth comes, it brings. So you, if you embrace the reality that Jesus brought when he came, then you'll have the reality that he intended for you to walk out, Right? So if you embrace the truth, if you embrace the truth that he says is true about you, about those around you, then you'll be able to just walk it out, right? So we're gonna give you some real tangible ways to do that. Um, my son, my oldest son was laughing at me this morning because you know I have this many notes. I speak twice today, this is only my first set of notes. <laughs> Don't worry, not doing it. Um, so we're gonna just, go for it, all right? And I'm gonna talk about some really cool things and we're gonna just get excited about what's coming 
throughout this year and next semester and how we're going to live truth together. So skipping that page. Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. The rest of that, if we go on to 112, I'm going to go to the Passion Translation now, Gavin, 105. 119, 105 through 112. Truth shining light guides me in my choices and my decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. To live my life by your righteous rules has been my holy and lifelong commitment. I'm bruised and I'm broken. I'm overwhelmed by it all. Breathe life into me again by your living word. Lord, receive my grateful thanks and teach me more of how to please you. Even though my life hangs in the balance, I'll keep following what you've taught me, no matter what. The godly have done their best to throw me off track, but I'll not deviate from what you've told me. Everything you speak to me is like joyous treasure, filling my life with gladness. I have determined in my heart to obey whatever you say fully and forever. Wow, I think I could just stop there, right? Uh, I think those seven verses for me, I don't know about you because everybody's walk's different. I feel like it kind of outlines like my walk with Jesus and truth. You know, you start out like all zealous and like, yeah. And they're like, oh wait, this is hard. And they're like, yeah. Like, oh wait, oh yeah. And then it ends on, but if my, if your word is my treasure, if your word is my treasure, if it's what I'm seeking, right? If I'm following a map to go after treasure, then I will forever follow it. I will forever be with you. Yes. So we want to give you opportunities that you know truth, you grow in your knowledge of truth, but you also know how to apply truth. So I've asked some people to help me today with an example of that, and they're going to do it loud and proud, and then I'll explain it. RSW, who are you? But what if they say you can't? What if it gets hard? What if you mess up? What if it looks impossible? Why are you so smart? And why are you so brave? And why won't you quit? And why will you succeed? Yes. So that's about half. That's about half of our school, because um, some of them attend elsewhere or are in the kids today. Those guys didn't learn that declaration by seeing it once, right? We didn't just say, hey, read this. Okay, you're gonna just tell me it. No, we rehearse it. We get it in their spirit. They say it back to us every day that they come to school. I say, RSW, who are you? And when they're sitting in math class and a student looks at his teacher, <laughs> Miss Emily's gonna laugh, and says, I can't do this. And Miss Tiffany just happens to walk into the room and says, well, who told you they can't? What if they say you can't? And he's like, oh, I can do all things. But he knows it, right? 
Even though in that moment, he's like, I don't want to know it because I want to say I can't do this and I don't want to do it. (laughs) But he can do it and he knows that he can do it and he knows the truth and the promise that he can. So RSW, our school that we have here is one of the ways that we're already living truth and teaching our kids, the next generation, even our teachers, how to live truth every day, right? So they're here on campus Tuesday through Thursday, and they're at home with their families on Mondays and Fridays. And on those Tuesdays through Thursdays, we are pouring in the word through not only repeating that declaration, through not only having Bible class or prophetic or prayer, but through just simply walking through everyday situations simply coming against a science thing that they cannot do. They cannot understand. Like, I actually think they can. You know, I think God says you can do all things. You know what? Let's just stop and pray right now and ask Holy Spirit to open our minds up to this concept or to have a creative idea of how we can approach the situation. It also looks like when students have conflict, That never happens at a Christian school, what? Uh, When students have conflict with each other or with their teacher, it also looks like, hey guys, what should have happened here? And they know, they know the truth of what should have happened. And it doesn't look like keeping on shame and it doesn't look like keeping on punishment, but it looks like, listen, you made a choice, you have a consequence, but let me remind you of who you really are. You really are kind. You really are respectful. You really have a voice for a reason and it's to lift others up, it's to bring life and it's to speak truth. So next time you have this opportunity to either tear down this individual or build them up, how about we choosing build them up? How about we choose speaking truth over them? How about we choose speaking life over them? Or it looks like me looking at a group of students and saying, hey guys, when you feel like the culture in this room is not what God would want it to be, speak up. You have a voice. It doesn't have to just be Miss Tiffany. So Tuesday through Thursday, we are empowering students to live truth. And we're gonna keep doing that and we're gonna grow in that. And I'm so excited about every one of them that I see in this room this morning and those that I know that are serving in other bodies elsewhere. And I'm so excited for what God's doing. We're raising them up in right identity and in truth. I could call, they're all freaking out right now, Um, I could call students up that have graduated from RSW. I could call current students up. I could call staff up and they would tell you, oh my gosh, I can't believe Miss Tiffany's doing this to me, but yes, RSW is blah, blah, blah. And it would be truth and it would be life and it is what we've done. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to partner with it, to come alongside it, to walk out the vision that Pastor Michael and Pastor Jahan um, dug out and birthed for us and for our families. So that is one way that we are living truth. And on the backs of your bulletins, I meant to say this again, I'm all over the place because I'm going on cruise control, gonna go fast here. On the backs of the bulletins you got today, it has all the tangible ways we're gonna live truth in this next semester. So I'll be talking about those. Michaela's gonna come in just a little bit and talk about those, but moving on. All right. I don't know about you, but in, with RSW, one of the reasons why I love it for my kids and the kids around us is that I want those kids to know God in a way that I never did at their age. I want them to know the truth of God at 12, 13, seven that I know now and beyond. 
I want them saying, hey, Miss Tiffany, I was reading the word last night and I, you know, what about this? I've never heard you teach this. What about, okay, let's talk about it. I want them to come into a situation and say, Miss Tiffany, I really think the Holy Spirit's telling us to do this because we don't believe that there's any junior Holy Spirit. We don't believe that you have to come to a certain age before you can guide and direct and live truth. We believe that you can get into truth and walk it out at any age. And we're empowering those kids to do that. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right. I'm trying to decide. Okay. All right. Psalm 119, 11 and 12. Um, this is a new King James version. It says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then verse 12 says, teach me your statutes. Teach me your ways. I think a lot of times people see verse 11. I hide the word in my heart that I might not sin against it. And they just stop there, right? They stop with, oh, if I know his word, I know what not to do. I better not, you know, like that. You better not do that mom look. It's like God's looking at you like that, you know. Um, But the cry of that next verse is teach me your ways. It's not about you better not. It's about, hey, come over here. Let me teach you so that when it's hidden in your heart, you know my ways. When it's hidden in my heart, in your heart, you can walk it out. When it's hidden in your heart, we can walk this out together. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. So the cry of our heart as sons and daughters of a God who loves us, of a God who is truth, the cry of our hearts has to be, teach me. If we aren't teachable, we can't grow. If we aren't teachable, we can't discover all that he has for us. If we aren't teachable, we can't say, okay, God, we've come to this point. I need to know how to get over there, but I've never been over there before. I, we'll get stuck right here. We'll get stuck. If we can't say, God, I need you to show me how to get over there, we'll get stuck right here. I don't wanna get stuck right here. In my life, in my home, in my family, in RLC and in RSW, I want to say, God, teach me. Oh, this way? Okay, cool. Oh, this way? Okay, I got this. All right. Yeah, you're with me. And I want to look back and go, wow, look at how much I've learned. Look at how much we've grown. Look at what he did. To do that, you have to be teachable. To do that, you have to realize that you are a person who needs a God to teach you, to train you, and to love you. And if you do that, you're gonna be able to jump on board with all those things you see in black and white on that card in your hand. You're gonna be able to jump in and support RSW in a beautiful way. You're gonna be able to jump in on adult Wednesday nights that are starting back next semester. Woo woo! <laughs> You're gonna be able to jump into something really exciting that I'm geeking out about is adult education, discipleship courses. I don't have a name for it yet because God is birthing it and it's gonna be an amazing thing, but it's gonna be something where you can grab a hold of a track of information, of resources that are straight from heaven that says, hey guys, you wanna grow in how to parent according to kingdom rules? Come join us here. You wanna grow in truth and how to do 
business as a kingdom-minded marketplace business person, come do this. I'll be honest, I don't know what all that's going to be birthed into, but I know that God's speaking it. That we've got to train our people to know how to get from here to here because God wants us here. God wants every seat filled, not just to have seats filled, but because every seat filled, if I look at the people sitting in the seats today, and God gives me a picture of you walking out truth in every area of your life, of you getting a dream and a glimpse of what heaven intends for you, and being able to go, okay, yeah, I know how to do this, all right, yeah. Guys, we're gonna explode the kingdom on earth. We're gonna explode the kingdom in Knoxville. We're gonna explode the kingdom in different locations around this city. But the way we do it is to be teachable. The way we do it is to acknowledge that there's a God who loves us and the things he has for us will grow us and teach us and show us a new way. And so I invite you to have a yes towards those things whether it's serving on a Wednesday night kids service so that kids can be discipled. I'm not gonna talk too much because Michaela is gonna talk about that. Or if it's coming on a Wednesday night adult to grow. Or if it's signing up for a course so that you can be the parent that God intended you to be so that people can say, how do you do it? How do you do it? What's different in your house? What's different in your house? And you can say, well, kind of learned that God wants me to parent a certain way and God wants me to love my kids a certain way. Whatever that looks like, there's going to be a track and a way for you to walk it out. So let's learn together and we'll see the exceptional exponential fruit that living truth brings. We'll see God honor your yes We'll see God honor you saying, this may feel like my reality now, but I know what God intends my reality to be. And so let's do what it takes to get from A to B with you guiding me. Is Michaela in here yet? Oh, there you are. I'm sorry. Come on up. Y'all welcome Pastor Michaela. I like your leggings and black shoes, like wedges. Paul, where are yours at? Black leggings, little wedges, where they're at. So actually listening, kind of cool to see God work. We didn't really, we coordinated a little bit, but we didn't see each other's notes. And I'm like, okay, so I heard Paul say that, and I heard Tiffany say that. So it's kind of cool just to see that our hearts were all in alignment. Um, she actually had a verse that this morning I was like, eh, which verse do I want to give them? Do I want to give them that one? I was like, nah, I'm not going to give them that one. And then Tiffany goes, oh, I gave them that verse. I'm like, see, there we go. Um, so anyway, I had some other stuff I was going to speak on. And last night we had family movie night. We watched the movie Cars because that was Abner's request, partly because I think it's one of few name, movie names he can actually say right now, right? Um, but Joel and I were cracking up because we're like getting emotional. I'm like angry at Lightning McQueen. I'm like, what? You're like, you're so dumb. What are you doing? Like, you're immature, but it's cool to see the process. And then at the end, if you haven't seen the movie, the pit stop from this little podunk town he's been at, not the pit stop, pit team. I don't know anything about racing. They come and they show up and they help him. 
And Joel and I are like, why are we about to cry? These are cars. Um, but we, we really were. I'm pregnant. I don't know what his excuse was. So, um, <laughs> But anyway, one cool thing, Lightning McQueen's about to cross the line, be the first rookie ever to win a Piston Cup. Um, and the king, who was this old car, it was his last race, he crashes because this other car is mean and a bully and wrecks him. And Lightning McQueen's right there. And he hears the voice and he says of a wise man that said, this grumpy old race car once told me it's just an empty cup. And I thought, that's how we need to hear God's voice. We need to be to the point that we are about to do something and truth rings in our ears and stops us in our tracks. And we turn around and we go back and we give up something and go back to get something so much better. So... Now, where do I go from there? Um, so, 2 Timothy 2.15, to actually pull a biblical reference and not just from Lightning McQueen and what it spoke to me. Um, but it says, study and do your best to present yourself appro- to God approved, a workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of God, a word of truth, which we've all gone through what truth is, so I won't dive into that. Um, But if you think, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not a teacher, when am I ever going to be teaching truth? Day in, day out, in your homes, at your work, with your children, you're teaching truth by the way you walk. Whether or not your words are speaking truth, your actions, and other words you're saying are speaking truth. So we don't just want to leave you hanging. Um, Two great examples of that within the church are two J's that we love, Jahan and Jesus. Um, I'll start with Jahan. If y'all remember last week, she got up here and it was kind of cool. It sparked what I was going to say this week. But she talked about how she was at her kid's basketball game and she heard truth in her head tell her, you know, I got to stop in my tracks right now. So that is one example of someone doing it. And then Jesus. I don't know if y'all remember when he was about 12 years old, his parents literally left him for a day. Y'all think about this. He stayed back. I can't imagine Abner, 12 years old, just chilling at the temple and then acting like, why are y'all mad at me? Like, I'm sitting here learning about God. Anyway, so the verse is, then then after three days, if you're a parent, please let that sink in. Three days. Also, can you not hear Mary and Joseph? This is the Messiah. We literally lost Jesus. What? Like, what? So anyway, (laughs) um, so after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them, and asking them questions. Literally, Jesus was learning truth. He was educating himself, and he was learning. So if he has to do it, shouldn't we? Um, We already talked about some of the practical ways, but we don't just want to say, go live truth, go love God, go love people. If you can tell, we've given you practical ways to do this, and we want to walk with you because we're still learning too. We're still on this walk as well, learning truth and how to live in it and walk it out. So, We have given you practical ways. One of those, shameless plug, if you can't serve on Sundays with kids, but you want to come and you want to work on Wednesday nights, we are starting back Wednesday nights for the kids. And they're going to be huge discipleship education nights. So, yeah, is Tiffany coming back up now? shameless plug on her behalf as well. It's also not too late to sign up to serve on Sunday mornings. 
So, uh, you know, even if you want to say, hey, put me on your um, backup list, like if you need somebody because people are sick, call me. Um, do that. Do that. Awesome. Hey, guys, guess what? not happening. All right. So we just, uh, Paul talked about John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God, right? Backwards. It's fine. Did you do it that way too? What in the world? It's like crazy. Anyway, (laughs) sorry. Okay. All right. So basically what I'm here to talk about now, one of the things that is near and dear to my heart, aside from RSW. Oh my gosh, I can't bring this up here. I'm be distracted. I love you, my amazing husband. Thank you. <laughs> Woohoo! Go, Josh. Awesome. Um, so the other thing I want to talk about that is near and dear to my heart that is on that sheet is us becoming a house of prayer, which I believe and know in my spirit. I've seen a picture of it. Um, It's going to happen. And that seems so like huge and grandiose. And um, this week I actually met with someone who has done it before and was telling her a little bit about the practical ways that I'm talking about kind of putting it out there. And, you know, I'm the type that I'm like, I want to be already over here, (laughs) you know, but we need to start over here. And um, she was like, no, what you're doing is perfect because the way we become a house of prayer is you become a house of prayer. Because we can get together all day long as a corporate body and ask you to pray, but if you're not doing it in the secret place, in the closet prayer time, it's not gonna look like me standing up here praying and you trying to stay awake. Um, Not being ugly, I've been the one trying to stay awake in a prayer meeting before. Like I may be the one next week, like it happens. I'm just saying we want to build a foundation of prayer in this place to where prayer is Our motive, prayer is our passion, prayer is our go-to, prayer is our weapon, and prayer is our peace. (laughs) And you are a house of prayer, a walking, living, breathing house of prayer. So um, in Matthew 7, 7 through 8, it says, um, ask and the gift is yours, seek and you'll discover it, knock and the door will be open for you, for every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will knock and discover, we'll discover what he longs for, and everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. So to pray, to knock, to seek, to ask, to receive those things, you have to know truth, right? For one thing, you're talking to truth. God is truth. God is with truth. So you need to know truth to pray truth. We want to equip you to know what he says about you, what he says about your circumstances, what he says about your family, so that you know how to invoke that truth on your behalf. Because what's before you will say sickness. That's a lie. But healing and health, that's a truth. Poverty, a lie. Provision, a truth. So as we learn those truths, as we walk out those truths, we're able to pray those truths. We're able to become a house of prayer. If you think about it, a house is full of life. A house is full of relationship. A house is where you rest. A house is where you're fed. A good house. We're building a good house. A good house, I felt that raise up in the room, like, well, you haven't been in my house or you haven't been in the house I grew up in. All right, we're talking about God's house, the house of prayer. It's a place of rest. It's a safe place. It's a place to be fed. That's the house of prayer. 
we want to raise up in you. And as we raise it up in you, as we teach you and guide you and how to raise it up in you, we'll have it here. And it will equip us to do the things. I'm going to hit this scripture like, you don't even have to put it on the screen, Gavin. But I was looking in Mark 1, 35 through 38. Um, the first 35 says, the next morning Jesus got up long before daylight, left the house while it was dark and made his way to a secluded place to give himself to prayer. The heading of that section, it, you won't be able to see it on your screen, but it says Jesus prays, preaches, heals, and casts out demons. There's no coincidence of the order in which that happened, right? He prayed, he sought out truth, and it says later in verse 38, it says, Jesus replied to them because they were looking for him. And they said, everyone's looking for you. They want you. And he says, we have to go on to the surrounding villages so that I can share my message with the people there for that is my mission. He already knew his mission. He knew his mission was to be preaching, healing, and casting out demons. But he knew before he could activate that mission, he had to go into prayer. Before we can activate the mission and vision, even of loving people, and loving God, truly, we have to activate the mission and vision of prayer. That prayer will feed into everything else we do. When Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, he gave us a beautiful model. Uh, I could teach on that for a long time. I will not, but I just want to look at part of it. Um, in verse 10, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. First of all, you're inviting his kingdom to earth. Like we talked about where there's sickness, you're inviting healing. Where there's poverty, you're inviting prosperity and provision. You're inviting heaven to come earth. You're reaching up as uh, Dutch Sheets, I think it is, says, you're reaching up and being a conduit of heaven. You're reaching up and touching the things of heaven and reaching down and touching the things on earth. And you're the conduit, you're the voice, you're lending your voice for God to move. Because we know God is a gentleman. We know that God loves us and we know that God wants to move. And our voice, our partnership, our yes, and our prayers are the vehicle in which he moves. The only way you can truly pray is to know truth. To know that sickness is a lie and healing is truth. To know that chaos is a lie and peace is truth. To know that depression is a lie and joy is truth. Praying is the invitation for the truth of heaven that we have hidden in our heart to come and to activate the truth that trumps what we see. Prayer is foundational of lived truth. It brings the reality of heaven. Prayer is the declaration of truth in a world of chaos. Just like those students declared earlier, the truth in that declaration, those are promises from God, the things they said. It may not always look like that, but they can declare that and invite heaven to come. You know, three years from now when they've graduated and they're not quite feeling like a son or daughter invited on an amazing adventure, I have no doubt the Holy Spirit will bring that back up in them and remind them. You remember this truth you used to partner with? Maybe it's time to pull it back out again. And as you activate your truth in the ways and the paths that we give you, you'll be able to lean into that as well. Luke 1, 37 says, for nothing will, will be impossible with God. 
the verses before and after this are talking about things that seemed impossible. Talking about Mary and Jesus, talking about <clears throat> Samuel, um, talking about things that seemed impossible. So yes, that verse means the things that seem impossible are possible with God, but it also means that it is impossible for God to do nothing. When you invite God into a situation, it is impossible for him to do nothing. He is living, he is breathing, he is truth. And so when you invite him into a situation that is not truth, it is impossible for there not to be a shift. It, is, it will either work a change in the situation or it will work a change in you. So I'm really excited about all these tangible ways that um, we have given you to walk out truth. But what I'm most excited about is the intangible ways that you're going to see truth explode in your life. Um, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Um, we're not going to have the prayer team come forward, but if I asked you to be one of my stations, if you'll go there real quick. I'm going to give you an opportunity to activate truth in this situation in your life. Um, I've chosen a few specific situations that I feel like could apply to anyone in the room. If you don't feel like any of them apply to you, that's fine. There's no pressure. Um, but if you want to agree together in prayer over one of these things, um, then I'm going to ask you to go to one of these beautiful people that have said yes to helping me today. And they're going to give you a card. The card is simply an example of a prayer to pray over that situation. The card is yours, keep it. Um, and I want you, well, I'll get you there and then I'll tell you what to do next, how about that? So with Miss Beverly over here, if you are asking for God for healing in body, whether it be yours or someone else's, if you'll go stand with Miss Beverly. For Padre, prayer for wisdom and finances. If you want wisdom in your finances, stand with Padre. Prayer for the prodigal. If you want to stand with Miss Jennifer Oxley back here. And a prayer for sound mind with Miss Jennifer Bean over there. So up here, healing and body, wisdom and finances, prodigals coming home, sound mind. You're going to get that card. And what I want you to do is partner up with someone. And on the card literally has a prayer you can pray. Of course, you can lend your own voice and your own creative tongue to how to pray over these situations. But I just want you to grab somebody else in the group and partner over and pray that prayer over them and let them pray that prayer over you. If you wanna visit more than one station, go for it. Before you begin, I'm gonna pray. And if you need to be dismissed, you can absolutely be dismissed. And then I'm gonna actually pray over each of the stations as well. So Papa, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to live out truth. We thank you for leadership that sees a vision of how to partner to get from one place to another in our walk and in our lives. I pray that every individual here grows in great measure of living out truth, of knowing truth and applying it to their lives. So be it.
God, I thank you that healing is a gift that you freely give. I thank you that you sent your son so that we might live, that he bought our healing. I ask right now that heaven would come in our bodies and that you would receive all glory and all honor in Jesus' name, so be it. God, I thank you that you intend for your children to prosper. I ask that you give us wisdom in the area of our finances. Let our finances bring honor to you. May our house be a house of plenty. May it be rich in your presence and overflowing with your provision. I ask for creative ideas of how to steward our finances according to your kingdom, not letting the systems and opinions of man dictate our choices. Thank you, God, for how you will bless us as we present our finances to you. In Jesus' name, so be it. God, I thank you for the prodigals. I thank you that you are pursuing them and your heart is for them. I pray that they would know the truth and the truth would set them free. I thank you that nothing will separate them from your love. Help us to be joyful in hope and faithful in prayer for the prodigals. God, I ask you to open their eyes so that they will turn from the darkness to your light. In Jesus' name, so be it. God, I thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind i say today that we will set our minds on things that are above and not things that are on earth peace will be our portion and your love will be our testimony in jesus name so be it thanks for listening to this audio podcast from redemption life church be sure to stay connected with us on facebook instagram and youtube at redemption life church